Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Taiwo Dukoya, the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you're about to hear will no doubt shape on your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Happy Mother's Day again. We've been saying it over, over and over, but I'm not going to get tired until the sun sets today. It's our day. Amen. I have a scripture we're going to read first, but it's not my, actually, my main scripture. I'm just going to read it because I saw it as I was reading the Bible, but I had already gotten my message. I was like, oh, if I hadn't received this message, I would have shared from this particular scripture. It's found from the book of 2 Samuel chapter 21, verse 10. And it says, Now Rizpah, the daughter of Aya, took sackcloth and spread it for herself on the rock. From the beginning of harvest until the late rains poured on them from heaven. And she did not allow the birds of the air to rest on them by day, no, the beasts of the field by night. It talks about dead bodies. When it says it didn't allow them to rest on them, it was the dead bodies of some of the children of Samuel. I'm not going to tell the story. It was now during David's reign. And I'm, not, I don't, I'm trying to, not to tell the story, but they were killed. They had to be killed because of what uh, Saul did. So did I say Samuel? Because of what Saul did. So these are... His people who were now killed. This lady had two of the children out of, all, out of the ten who were killed on this day. And dead corpses. Dead. Useless. But she decided she was not going to leave those dead bodies to be eaten by the birds of the air during the day. nor the beasts of the field by night. She laid her sackcloth and stayed there on the rock. And stayed there. To keep watch. What a woman. How loving. Even when something is dead. There is no hope. She stayed there when I did research. To check how long that took. They said it's about four months. From one season to the other. She was there. Imagine the stench. But she was there. Alone. Imagine what people would have said about her. They would have thought she was mad. But she Stay there on that rock. So when I saw it, I was like, this is a beautiful message. I would have really loved to share on it, like I said, because I love how she stayed on that rock. And we have our rock who is Christ Jesus. And as long and we, as long as we stand on that rock, we can defeat whatever is in front of us. It doesn't matter the stench that we are facing, because sometimes there are things that are dead around us if we should tell the truth but if you stay on the rock day and night and say I will see a situation change do you know that the situation did change for her they were not going to be buried they were not going to be given a decent burial but David heard about this and he sent forth the word that they should all be buried decently because she alone decided to stay and sit on the rock these are the words of encouragement to women. Sit, stand, stand, sit, sleep on that rock. Let not, which is Christ Jesus. Let nothing separate you until you see a change in that situation. It might be a seemingly dead situation. Maybe concerning 
your marriage, concerning your children. You might even be a single person concerning your life partner. Anything that you believe God for. We quite, I think we can all learn from this woman who decided, um, who decided that she was going to stand alone until something gives way. And did something gives way, give way? Yes. And something is going to give way in your life in the name of Jesus. God will do it. Just keep determined. Keep being determined. Keep pushing. Keep, keep pushing. Keep pushing. And one day, that wall standing in front of you will fall down in Jesus' name. Amen. It's not by might, not by power. When I say keep pushing, it's not like you, but you know we are pushing on our knees. Amen. So, in other words, do not give up. If you came here with a heavy heart, you feel like giving up, don't give up. I don't, I don't know what era of your life where the devil is telling you to give up. Don't give up. He, she did not give up and her situation was bad. Your situation is not that bad. Amen. Hallelujah. I, re- I just love it. I just love it. Because I could see myself talking about the birds during the day or what the birds would symbolize, what the beasts would symbolize at night. You know, it was going to be a, a good message, but God did not call us to talk about that today. Amen. So it will be a message for another day by God's grace, if God says so. Today, I'm going to talk about a family, a beautiful family. It started so well. And the name of the mother of this family is Rebecca. And the name of the father is Isaac. The father is Isaac. And their relationship, just like how a relationship of a believer should start, started so well. The uh, servant of Abraham went to get her. I'm not going to get into that story. He brought her back and you know when she saw Isaac, you know the way they fell in love with each other and Isaac took her into his mother's tent and that's how the relationship started. At that time, Isaac was 40 years old and they got married. Just like every other family, they were not without challenges. Every family is a beautiful family, but there is no perfect family. Every family has their challenges that they need to go through every day. And in fact, if we didn't have challenges, then we would not need God. That's why we, we would have challenges so that we would keep going back to God because he's the almighty. He's the only one who can solve our problems. If we could solve our problems ourselves, there would be so much war because everybody would want to be God. Because everybody will want to show the other one how much, how, better, how much better they can solve problems in the world. But there is only one God. There is only one God. Hallelujah. We're going to read from the book of Genesis chapter 25 verse 20. Because I'm going to talk about challenges that they faced in their life. They started well. They had challenges. But they finished well. You will finish well in Jesus' name. So the title of this message is, Your Story Has a Happy Ending. Amen. Genesis 25, 20. Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah as his wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian, of Padan Aram, the sister of Laban, the Syrian. Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife. 
because she was barren. And the Lord granted his plea and Rebecca, his wife, conceived. So they were married and they did not have a child for 20 years. Because Isaac was 40 when they got married, but he was 60 when they had children. 20 good years. Five years, no issue. 10 years, no issue. And this is a chosen family we're talking about. The seed of Abraham. God had given so many promises concerning them. 15 years, no issue. 18 years, no issue. Until the 20th year. Isaac, Isaac had to pray for his wife for something to happen. You know, it was terrible. You would know how it, what it means to wait on the Lord for the fruit of the womb. We've heard testimonies. And we are going, somebody is going to conceive in the name of Jesus. I'm like, the God we serve is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. If Rebecca conceived, you are going to conceive. In whichever area, whichever area you are believing God for, this conception is not only for the fruit of the womb. There are many things where we are waiting on God for. Your own testimony will come as well in Jesus' name. It doesn't matter how long it has taken. Maybe Rebecca had even given up. I don't know because the Bible tells us about Isaac, that he was the one who prayed for her. I don't know. Sometimes as you wait on the Lord, you get tired. Your, your, your hands become weary. But God is here today to strengthen your hands again in Jesus' name. He's here to remind you that he did it for them and he will do it for you as well. In Jesus, He's the faithful God. He, he's excited. He's always, always, the Bible tells us categorically that his eyes are running to and fro. He's checking all the time to see those whose hearts are loyal towards him so that he will bless them. He will act on their behalf. So like, the, like it says in the book of Luke chapter 18, you know, it says men always ought to pray and it gives that example. That, and then towards the end it says, but will he find faith on earth? That means God is always wanting to do something for us. Sometimes we hinder him by not having faith, by not believing fully in his word. We pray. Prayer does not mean sometimes. Prayer does not mean we believe. We pray sometimes as a ritual. But I've changed my mind. I'm not going to treat prayer as a ritual. I'm going to pray a minute. And I will get my answers in the name of Jesus. God will find faith. If the Bible says, but will he find faith on earth? Yes, Lord. May I be found having faith in you that you would do it. It doesn't matter how discouraging the situation is. You will do it. So that was their first challenge as a family. We're going to look at six challenges. The first one was the fruit of the womb. They waited for many years, but God came through. The second challenge, God eventually gave them a child, I mean children. They had twins. And God spoke to Rebecca and told Rebecca, because there was war inside, you know, as the story goes. And God, and she prayed, what's happening, what's happening, Lord? And God told her that the, the younger one would serve the older. And you know how they were born, the other one holding on to this heel of the, uh, of the younger one. The other one with red hair and hair all over the body. And the other one was like... Domestic hull, you know, that kind of domesticated in a kind of way. So now God has answered their prayers. Another challenge came up. You no, know, sometimes 
most times actually, it's from one thing to the other. When God has answered one thing, another thing comes up. This one which came up was favoritism. The parents did it to themselves. Esau, let's have a look at chapter 25, verses 27 and 28. So the boys grew, hallelujah. And Esau was a a skillful hunter, a man of the field. But Jacob was a mild man, dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game. But Rebekah loved Jacob. See favoritism. One, and they didn't hide it. The Bible does not lie. The Bible would not have uh, mentioned it if it was hidden. It was something that was obvious to everyone. That if Jacob would come and talk to Isaac, Isaac sometimes would just ignore him. You know, like, oh, what are you saying? Where, what are you doing here? Why are you not in the field trying to hunt like your brother? Because that's what happens when there's favoritism. Parents compare their children, which is very wrong. We should not do that because we are not doing good by our children if we compare them. We cause them to have self, low self-esteem because what happens is that child who is not favored would try by all means to perform so that they please that parent who does not like them. They would do, you know, children are different. Like they, for, in, for instance, there's, I wouldn't say there's an experienced parent because even if you have 20 children, each child is different. You will not believe that they are all your own children. They are so different. So you have to treat them according to their temperament and characters and personalities. But sometimes as parents, we fail. We tend to lean towards the one who behaves more like us. The one who listens to us. The one who, just like Isaac, loved the, uh, the food. The game that uh, Esau hunted and cooked for, for, for him. So that's what in, in Isaac's mind, that's a child. So Jacob is not really a child. Meanwhile, for Rebecca. That, that child who helps me around the house to do things, that's my child, you know. Out of all my children, Jacob is the one. When I need help in the kitchen, he's there helping me. Therefore, she loved, her. She loved him more. We don't do well when we do that. Even if, because of that child's character, you feel like you love them more than the others, keep it to yourself. Don't let your children see it. Because what happens is, Those other siblings, the siblings may start to resent the favorite child. And I was, when I was looking at it, I was like, it's deep, Lord. Because it's like you are inviting witchcraft in your own home, God forbid. Because they will not wish that child well. It happened with Jacob when he became a parent and he loved Joseph more than the other children. They hated Joseph. Remember what happened? They put him in a pit and eventually they sold him. That was, that was because he was a special child. All children are special. Every child is special. Even that child who doesn't listen to you, who wants to do things their own way, that's because that's how they are. If you take time to really watch, you will find out that actually that character is interesting. Let's get out of the box and, under, and understand characters that are not the same as ours. Amen. So, I mean, I was just looking through. There was a time, you know, we're still going to talk about how they swapped blessings. I saw it when Isaac said to Esau, he should prepare the game for him. 
And his mom obviously knew that he wanted, you know, things swapped around. And he pre- she prepared it for Jacob. And the Bible said, just like the way Isaac likes it. Do you know sometimes children, like I said before, they will behave just like the way you want. Meanwhile, it's not them. Isaac, I mean, it's not Jacob to prepare that soup. But he... He, had, he found himself in that situation he, where he had to prepare. They had to, with the help of his mom, he had to prepare it the way his dad liked it. We will not put our th- children through such in Jesus' name. And also what happens, that favorite child, most times they get spoiled because, I mean, everything they want, they get. And when they grow up, they, they become spoiled husbands. They become spoiled wives. So do not spoil somebody's husband. Do not spoil somebody's wife, please. Amen. Do right by them. There's still a chance to repent. You know, there's something that's called forgiveness. You can still call your children and say, I'm sorry, I actually did not set a good example. That word might go a long way. You, You will just see your children come back together again. Amen. Hallelujah. We are, that was challenge number two. Challenge number three, sibling rivalry. Because obviously there was this favoritism and there is, obviously they would be fighting, trying to outdo each other. Look, I'm doing better than this other one. And I mean, every parent, it would only be a parent who, um, who does not understand, I need to use white, mild words, a parent who does not understand who will be happy if her or his or her children are fighting. Every parent wants their children to be together. Uh, my brother and I, I'm four years older than him, and like, we used to fight a lot. I mean, I wasn't good at fighting outside, but at home, that's a person. I, would, I fought him very well. I stopped fighting him when he, I think he turned 13, because the, the last time we fought, eesh, I almost lost the battle. So, wisdom is profitable. So, me, I stayed in my corner. I would only use my mouth to correct things. I'm like, I can never, I can't do it again. Because he's now stronger than me. He's a man now. I, but you know, he, when uh, he would fight, like, he would, do like, he would do as if he knows karate. But in those days, I would just slap him, slap him. But he turned 13. Uh, he became my oga as far as power was concerned. <laughs> maybe I should have insisted that he called me, he called me sister. Because maybe he would have respected me better. The thing about it, my mom, most times he, when we were fighting, she would tell us, hey, you know, try to make us, no, 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 this, stop fighting. But we would just, we know how children are. We would ignore her. We would keep fighting. Until she just stopped. We would fight and we would make up. Because she realized our fights were not serious. We loved each other. We would fight and we would make up. When one is not around, we would miss the other. So she said it one day. I don't, I don't understand you guys. When one is not around, you miss each other so much. When you're around, you're fighting. I don't know. Like, I, was, I was like, now you got it. We, we just fight. No, there's no reason for us to fight. We fight because we love each other. I mean, that's how siblings are most times. Well, at least as far as my home is concerned. Sometimes you would get home and your siblings have finished all the food. I'm sure some here ate their siblings' food. Don't confess. God has forgiven you already. (laughs) 
But you know, you will now you will talk about it, you will fight about it to be a serious matter and it will just be over because that person is your brother, that person is your sister. You'll be angry with them and it will be over. But not so in this family. I was like, how can a brother buy food from his own brother? And he said, well, obviously, like I already said, he was a, f- a favorite child of Isaac. I think Esau had that entitlement attitude. Well, he didn't make me think because the Bible says he despised his birthright. He didn't think, I don't think he really knew what, that he was selling it out. He thought maybe he would talk to his dad and his dad would just tell Jacob like maybe he would normally do. He didn't know what he was doing had spiritual implications. Because he said he was hungry, he was about to die. You know, the person who wants to make a decision now as if it's the end of the world, that person lacks self-control. A decision can wait. When you're tired, that decision can wait. When you're angry, that decision can wait. You need to calm down, exercise patience, and have self-control. Just like, this one does not have to do with the message. It does not have anything to do with the message, but I like it. Like they say, don't shop on an empty stomach. Because when you go grocery shopping and you're hungry, you tend to pack everything, everything, everything. That's why when you are spiritually, spiritually vulnerable, don't go to certain places. Because you will, your, 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 your spiritual life is sticky, kind of. You will just be attracting things that are not needed in your life. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom in Jesus' name. So I was just looking at this family and I I wanted to talk about it because I know that it happens sometimes. I mean, you've heard, I like it sometimes. I would go for funerals and they would say, my dad loved everyone the same way. I'm like, good, that's good. Because when you show love to everyone, you make sure that your family is together. But if, per adventure, you hate one of your siblings because they were a favorite of your mom's or your dad's, today forgive them. Forgive even your parents. Forgive, you can't walk in unforgiveness hating your brother. You're not going there. Because, in fact, it's, it's competition. It's not like you really hate them. You, you want to be them because they were loved. It's complicated. But, so you just talk badly about them and things just go, get messy. But God, Jesus is here to correct every situation. Wherever, whenever or wherever the damage was done, there is nothing impossible with God. There is peace in your home in Jesus' name. And you will not take that to your own family in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Fourth challenge. There were in-law issues. Esau married. Okay, Genesis 26 verses 34 and 35. Genesis 26. When Esau was 40 years old, he took as wives, Judith, the daughter of Beri, the Hittite, and Basimath, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite. And they were a grief of mind to Isaac and Rebekah. Those were daughters-in-law. They were a grief of mind. They did not give them peace. They did not give the in-laws, the mother-in-law and the father-in-law peace. We, we had singles conference last weekend, as you know. And one of the questions which came up was, and um, the lady said, she wishes that the parents were there during the conference because sometimes parents refuse for their children to get married to people of other tribes, intertribe marriages. Parents say, no, no, oh, you will never get married to that tribe. You will never get married. So I said, Pastor Namti, what do you think about it? I'm like, 
uh, obviously. You know, that question, you can't ask Pastor Namti that question. The answer would be yes. Where am I? Where was I born? It, this one is not even inter-tribal. What is it? Cross, <laughs> cross the ocean. <laughs> so, so, if you are fighting about the one within the same country, you have not even traveled out, uh, you see. So, but I also said, you know, to balance it up. Sometimes I've been here long enough to hear stories. Sometimes parents say such things because of what they've heard that happened to other people. And I'm like, and I understand their sentiment, but your case is different. God deals with each person as an individual. And if God wants you to get married to that person, you will. If God, if you heard God, the parents will hear God too. They will, they will be in agreement. But if they have issues, that means there are issues. Especially, the main issue here was that these girls were worshipping different gods. Not the same God as Esau. And we know what that means. Obviously. And God is particular about us teaching our children about him. If you get, some, if you get married to somebody who worships a different God... I like how pastor said it on Thursday. He said there are two fathers because he's been teaching us about heavenly father, about us being the children of God. He said, heavenly father, my heavenly father. He was teaching us about how Jesus would always refer to God as his heavenly father. And he got us to say, my heavenly father, my, and I, I love, I just love that message. And he said, there are two fathers. Those who do not know Christ as their personal savior, they should not deceive themselves. They the heavenly father is not their father. They have a different father. Jesus even told them when he was talking to them that you learned that from your father, the devil. Jesus, you know, sometimes Jesus will make you laugh when you're reading the Bible. He will not beat about the bush. He will tell you straight. They were fighting him because he said he's the father. So it is mainly because they're not sure who the father of that person is or who the father of the family is. And no parent would want their child to go and get married to somebody whose father is not their heavenly father. You see the balance. But it does not apply to everybody. If God has planned it to be so. If my mom ref- uh, to not have been nice if she had refused me. You see now, I would not have been enjoying all of you. I love you, Fountain of Life Church. So, if you have that issue, Prayer will solve your answer. Have faith in God. Stay on that rock. If you are troubled by your, your daughter-in-law, sister-in-law, brother-in-law, whatever issue, stay on that rock. Everybody is a human being. There's only one God. God can change people's hearts, not you. Don't speak to them trying to show them how good you are. God can touch their hearts. Work on your God and God will work on them. Amen. And... And at verse 46 of chapter 27, still the same one, Rebecca said to Isaac, I'm weary of my life because of the daughters of Heath. If Jacob takes a wife of the daughters of Heath, like these who are the daughters of the land, what good will my life be to me? The, ser- the situation was serious. Rebecca, it sounds like she wanted to choose death. She said, if, my, if Jacob also does that, what use would it be to live again? That means they showed them pepper, as we would say. 
Nigeria, right? They had wahala. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the interesting thing, just going back again to that sibling rivalry, Esau heard that his dad, after he had blessed Jacob and everything, he heard that uh, Isaac, on his, when he was praying for Jacob, sending him off, he said he should never get married to any of those women from Canaan, from the Canaanite women. He should get married from his own people. He should choose a wife from his own people, from their own people. And when Esau heard, he quickly went and got married to a third wife from uh, the house of Ishmael, his uncle. So I think he wanted to balance it. I'm like, so that means Esau did not, all, did not know all along that his parents, he was just a nonchalant guy, you know, because father might have spoiled him. So when you're spoiled, you don't know when you're hurting people. Like life, the world owes you something. He didn't even know until he heard. Like, it was like, ah, my dad has blessed Jacob. And he told him specifically not to get married to women like my own wife, my, where my wife's come from. Ah, let me also go so that maybe I can please I can please my dad again. I can be pleasing to my mom again. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. That you are getting children confused. They want to be something else which they are not. Just because they want to. I mean, in this case, it was a bad situation. But you understand what I'm trying to mean. I'm trying to explain. Even in our endeavors, just because you see God blessing somebody in a certain area, does not mean you should run and do it as well if God has not called you to do it. We are all special in the eyes of God. God called, I shared one time that God, I mean, that when, uh, when we were growing up, they used to tell us that each person was born with their fist clenched because there was something you were carrying. And that thing really used to make sense to us. They, would, they used to tell us. I think it helped not to compete like, I mean, like if you're doing, if you're, your job is to fly, fly every day, that's your own. That's what God has called you to be. My own, if my own is to clean the pulpit, that's my own. I would do it with pride because that's what God has called me to do. They, they used to say you were born with a talent. Each person came on this earth with talent. So you're not going to copy what the other people are doing because you might succeed for three months and then it will fall. You are your own copy. Don't copy somebody else. You are special in the eyes of God. God had something special. In mind that oh this is the, when I heard that I think I've shared it before when I heard that song it encouraged me I was a, a little girl I was like first of all I, I doubted it I was like something that it said the song said God created you for a purpose there is a purpose only you there's something that only you can do I was like oh no that's not true but I've come to realize because even if it's the same thing I will still do it in Umti's way and you would do it your own way that's what makes you special Amen. Let's give God for creating us as individuals and making us different. Let's celebrate our differences in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The fifth challenge is the obvious one that we all know. It started from the tongue, from them naming their child a trickster, Jacob. And the mom was the one who even initiated Jacob. Because when, um, verse 20, chapter 27, when Isaac wanted to bless Esau, you know, his firstborn son, sent him to go and hunt and get the game and come and cook for him. Uh, Mama Rebecca heard 
And obviously, Mama Rebecca's favorite child is Jacob. I mean, God had already said that Jacob was going to be rule over Esau. But I don't think that this is the way God wanted it to go. You know, we are human beings. We like to help God. It could have happened peacefully. Remember, Jacob himself, when he was blessing Joseph's children, when you keep reading, he twisted the arms like this. The one hand which was supposed to be on one child, and the other, he, and that was peaceful. He didn't, nobody could uh, dispute that. So God could have also find ways instead of them to sow discord in their family, fight and everything. Because when Jacob stole the, that, uh, bl- those blessings, Esau was very angry. He went and told people and said, I'm just waiting for my dad to die. It's in the Bible. He said, I know that my dad is going to die very soon. Once I finished burying him, I will show Jacob. Mama Rebecca heard. She went and told. This, things were happening in this family. She went and told Jacob, this is what your brother is saying. Run for your life. So that's when they brought him back to pray for him and send him. And they, they sent him off. There will be peace in our homes in Jesus' name. Wisdom will reign in our homes in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And this spirit of deception seemed to linger around this family because Rebecca taught Jacob and when Jacob got there, you know, Laban deceived, uh, deceived Jacob and Rachel, the, the daughter-in-law of, of Mama Rebecca, when Jacob, I, like I said in the first service, I, I'm sorry that I'm telling the story like this. I'm just taking it for granted that you know the story. I know some people might not know it, but just please go home and read it so that you can connect the dots. You will understand it better if you know the whole story. So, J, uh, Rachel, when Jacob was leaving Laban, Jake, uh, Rachel stole her father's gods. I mean, I have issues with that to start with. That you are married to this person. You see issues when you get married to some people. So that means Jacob I and mean, Rachel did not even trust the God of her husband. She still wanted to bring things from her father's house. Let's not take things from our father's house and want to rule our husbands. Amen. We start our own family when we get married. Your father, beautiful, but your father, your mom prayed for your father. That's why your father is doing well. You do your own too. Amen. Don't put your husband under pressure because daddy is like this. It is mom. You are now mom. Do the needful. So it seems to be in and out the family. And it got me thinking that there are some things we do in life. And they are in the spirit. And they fall to our generations. God forbid. No bad attitude, bad habits will fall down to our children in Jesus name. Because we are the children of God. We will lead by example. I mean, uh, I don't even know if Maybe she knew, but it, she didn't behave. A, a person doesn't sit down and say, it is because my mom behaved this way. That's why I'm going to behave that way. You, a child only has to observe, and it's already in them. They will just play it out. It will just play out after some years. I, I don't know how God does it. If it's something good, it will play out after some years. If it's something good, like the child, the Bible says, bring a, raise a child, bring a child the way they should go. When they're older, they will not depart from it. So when they're older, they will not depart from it. Sometimes along the way, a child might behave somehow. But that seed which was sown when they were children 
will come out when they're older. That's what the Bible says. So the bad seeds as well. If you sow bad seeds, they see you gossiping everywhere as mothers on the phone, talking to talking to people about people all the time. They are hearing. Sometimes I hear, I see my own children when they're talking. I see them, maybe they'll be playing something. I see them stop. Oh, this one, this, this, okay, this topic attracts, I mean, uh, attracts them. So I'll say, hey, some people are listening to a conversation which is not theirs. But that's, that's only when I notice. But sometimes they'll be playing and because you're talking and you are so engrossed in what you're talking about, and you know, you would say everything they're hearing. And uh, my pastor used to say, my, my old pastor, when I was younger, he used to say, your children can hear you when you're talking badly about me as a pastor. <laughs> and he would say, a child will come and just stand in front of him and look at him. The child... The child can't say that I heard mom and dad say something, but they will look. I'm like, poor pastor, I heard them. I heard them. <laughs> so, watch out. <laughs> amen. 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 So, uh, we will only leave good legacy for our children. No bad legacy in the name of Jesus. Our homes will be different from other homes in the name of Jesus. We will not be afraid of what's happening around because God, the maker of the universe, keeps us. Amen. The sixth challenge, blindness. There are six of them. Blindness is the sixth challenge. Like chapter 27, it says, um, Isaac was blind. Um, Verse 1. Now, it came to pass when Isaac was old and his eyes were so dim that he could not see, that he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, my son, and he answered him, here I am. And then he told him what to do. But when I was looking at this, I was like, Uncle Isaac, you are old and your eyes are dim. You can't see very well. You will not ask for help. You are only trusting your hands. Because he could, he could sense because he heard the voice. But his eyes were dim. He could not see anymore. I was like, okay, the hands. You know, we can do some things. God has given us strength to do things with our hands. But the Holy Spirit is our eyes. We will always need God to guide us. So let's not embark on anything without the direction of the Holy Spirit just because we can do something our work has to be blessed by God amen and taking it back home to the family setting this one as I received it when I was reading I was like this would be a nice word of encouragement to our honorable men that we respect them and we are glad when they make it when they strike deals when they sign contracts But God has given you eyes for free in the form of your wife. So don't make decisions without her. Like, what does she know? Eyes. She has eyes. She doesn't know much. She might not know about the rudiments of that business. But she has that sixth sense given by God to help you. So don't cheat yourself, honorable man of God. Don't cheat yourself. You have eyes. Eyes that have eyes. Double eyes. Aren't you blessed? Amen. Don't like it. Well, at least you've heard it. <laughs> Honestly, when God says something, some things, we take some things lightly. But our blessings lie in those little, little, little things. We will not overlook those things. And we will not miss our blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, in conclusion, this sto- the story of this family is a happy ending story. 
they ended well. They finished well. Because Jacob, as he was there with his uncle, his uncle, there was fire. His uncle started cheating him here and there. But the good thing about it was he was prosperous. And Esau here was also doing well. So both children were business smart. God made sure they were all both prospering. How do we know? Because when Jacob came back with the flock to give a gift to Esau, you know, trying to appease him, Esau said, no, I'm comfortable. You don't, I don't need gifts. But Jacob, you know, insisted until he took them. But that's how we know that Esau was comfortable. He wasn't poor. He was, he, you know, but he was prospering. And why did he prosper? Because I believe he decided to forgive his brother. Because the minute he met his brother, he didn't start talking about things that happened in 1853. You remember when you did this? Because honestly, that's how the devil holds us back from our blessings. He's a liar. I'm a child of God. Hey, I have a covenant with the covenant keeping God. I will not sabotage myself. I will walk into my blessings every day. Starting from releasing those people who have hurt me. Start, release them who have said bad things about you. you have not, they have God to face. Let God deal with them. Face your life. Ask God to help you. Remove you see those birds that the lady Arispa said she didn't want to eat the, the dead, their corpses of, the, of her children. For us, sometimes we need some birds, spiritual birds, to come and pick those little, little things that little foxes that spoil the vine. So that we walk in freedom and enjoy our lives. Amen. He forgave his brother. And what I like about Jacob too, that um, he, he went through this, he understood what it meant to live without family. Because he went and lived with his uncle for a long time. And I don't even think that he came for his parents' burial. And that's painful. If you can't pay your last respect to them. Those things. And in the future, when he was elderly, the same thing happened. His son, he lost his son. He thought he even died. But I'm like, most times when people go through such things, they die. But he was strong because he had gone through it. Sometimes what you're going through is making you strong. So that when you, whatever you face in future, you are strong. You know that God saw me through because God saw him through. He didn't die in that land with his uncle. He could come back to his uncle. God saw him through then and he was very sure that God was Swiss even though it was hurting he was very sure that God would see him through and did God see him through yes it was a happy ending in the end he Jacob himself saw his son you know his son was you know high up in 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 Egypt next to Pharaoh and when they went to ask for food they you know that that's how the story goes I'm not going to go to the story but he had lived he had thought that his his favorite son had died he lived through that pain. That pain is bringing out something good in you. You will not die because of that pain. Amen. Jesus has taken all our pains. He took them when he died for us on the cross. This, listen to this one. When Esau saw his brother, he opened up his arms and he embraced him. He was happy to see him. There was reconciliation. There was forgiveness. No matter how prosperous Jacob was, he was not home. He needed to come back home. No matter how well you're doing, 
you think you don't need your siblings, you don't need your that relative, because your mom or dad, especially your nuclear family. You think you don't need them because you are doing well. It's a lie. That fire will tell you that no matter the amount of money you have, you still need people. That's why God created people because we would need people. Amen. So he went back home. No matter how well you are doing, if you do not have Jesus, you will not be comfortable. Your future is not secured. Your future is only secured in Christ. And guess what? Once you decide that I'm going home, I'm going to Jesus, he will not ask you, "Eh -eh, so what did you do? Eh -eh." He will just open up his arms and welcome you home. And say, welcome. I love you. I've waited for you all this while. And the, the Bible says there is jubilation in, in heaven for one person who gives their lives to Christ. It is a good thing to give your life to Christ whilst you are still alive so that you have a future. If you do not have Christ, there is nowhere to go to. So this is an opportunity right now. I'm opening it up. Jacob knew better. He went back home. And he did well. He was welcomed back. Jesus is waiting for you on this altar. Come to the altar. Jesus is waiting for you. Jesus loves you. He's not going to ask you what you did. He will forgive you. Come to him. I'd like us all to rise up and intercede for somebody who does not know Jesus as their personal savior. Or maybe you gave your life once and you didn't really mind your walk with Christ. This is an opportunity. Take it with both hands. Lift up your hands. And say, I choose this Jesus. If you have not chosen him, I choose this Jesus. Hallelujah. This is not the kind of service you just come and say, I've gone to church. Come, go back home and say, I've, come, I've gone to church. This is the kind of service that leaves you with something that will follow you the rest of your life. I believe more are still coming. She has limited it to, yes, clap for them. She has limited it to reconciling with God. That's in the altar call. But this reconciliation goes beyond that. What about the one between the child and the father? The father that abandoned you that you have never forgiven. And you don't don't realize that that is hindering your going forward, your progress in life. You can release that person so you can be released into your future. What about the husband that abandoned you? What about the wife that betrayed you? What about the uncle? What about the sibling? I believe that this service is especially love overflowing. That's right. So you may say, I've been born again. I mean, I'm born again, but that's not for me. But so that these ones who are just giving their lives will not begin to overtake you in their own destiny path. We want you to be the best that you can be too. You will finish well. Like you heard, your life will have a happy ending. But you see, you've got to make some correction now. Don't give the devil any opportunity. So I want to believe that even wise, you are praying for them. You want to now just bow your head and say, God, give me grace. I release that uncle. I forgive my father. They may be difficult to do. That's what this service is all about. It's healing. Healing. Simple but profound. Oh, my first wife, I will never forgive her. Oh, you are better forgiving her. You still have a great future ahead of you. 
Hallelujah. For you are here, I believe God that something permanent has started. Something you've been looking for all your life but you just couldn't put your hand on it. Now it has happened. And he who has started this good work in you will perfect it. In the name of Jesus. Your growth and your maturing will be rapid. In the name of Jesus. You will not just be blessed, you become a blessing to generations. In the name of Jesus. We say welcome home. In Jesus name. We want to pray for the women. It's Mother's Day. Uh, it's your day and we celebrate you. We, we are grateful to God for the gift that you are. I sat in the service listening to her. I said, God doesn't have love. He is love. So when he decided to bring out the woman from Pastor Taiwo's rib, I think he allowed a larger concentration of his love in that being. And that's why women are what they are. And they're lovely. And they're beautiful. We are always, I mean, we just, we want them. We like them. We just, come on. The husband wants them. The children want them. And the in-laws want them. I mean, I mean. You are a blessing. Help me tell the man next to you, say you are a blessing. Come on, tell them like you mean it. You are a blessing. Yeah, yeah, yes, you are a blessing. And God will make you more blessings in the name of Jesus. We love you. We appreciate you. We want to pray. Father, bless this woman. You created her a blessing. And we pray, Lord, that the rest of her life should be a blessing to a family, to a man, to a nation, to a generation. Your generation after you will be blessed. Your children will be mighty on the face of the earth. More knowledgeable than their teachers. Wiser than the ancient. Your desires over your children will never fear. Your desires over your family, God will always surpass. In the name of Jesus. And for the women believing God for fruits of the womb, this time next year, in the name of Jesus, you have a testimony. And for those still believing God to get married, God will direct your steps and guide some people that will be blessings to you your ways in the name of Jesus. In my language in Yoruba, one end if for you so it is well with you in the name of Jesus happy mother's day we know that you have been tremendously blessed by this message for additional information and materials from Pastor Tai Udukoya, please contact us at the Fountain of Life Church, 12 Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries, Off Town Planning Way, Ilukoju, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you. God bless you.